Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome to another edition of White Wellness. This is the first show, the first full show of the month of December. I have a wonderful seasonal show for today, a Yule-flavored show on this beautiful Thursday day. And joining me for this show, I have a recurring guest, someone who's been on the show many a times, and I have Molly joining me for this show. Hi, Molly. How you doing? Hey there. I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be here. It's kind of our annual get-together. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to follow up just to say that we're going to call this 12 Vulvas Visioning. And yes. that's a theme. Uh, the vulva is a great name that conjures the magic of women. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be talking here in the beginning some of the themes from last time we talked. I think that was we talked about Mother's Night. Mm-hmm. And um, some things I've been thinking about, realizations, things I've read, and I appreciate the book recommendation uh, from Seawolf, who's been around a while. I know that handle. And anything anyone contributes is really welcome. I just love that. Um, that's why I wanted it to be live, but that's okay. If people have comments, that's great. So we'll yeah. start, we're going to start out with that, then we're going to get into... Some of what's happening now, which I've sensed lately, I am pretty intuitive and all that and have a past with doing intuitive counseling and tarot and mediumship and all that and and things you pick up in what you might call the web of weird, right? Mm -hmm. Negativity or what what is going on, the nuance of what is going on with people, um, how much of it is... is, uh, entities that are swirling around how does that affect us that we're moving among them maybe even more as we're going into to see them you know for the holidays and then we'll finish up with um, some inspiration for the season yes going to be a great show of a lot of ancestral information as well as kind of you know how we can make everything work in this this modern time of being alive Exactly. And this time, you know, the more I read about it and go deeper with it, it's such a, a holy time and a time um, to take, even more than Samhain, a time to take, uh, to, to break from the everyday. You know, you can be, if you live in the north, you can have these great shocks through the weather and everything is kind of purified and um, there's so many remnants for us in the traditions like Yule continuing as the word and Mother's Night it just occurred to me the other night that you know this was one of the remnants of something that I want to talk about with some excerpts from some books that I found over the whole year since last year and the Venerable Bede, who obviously was a Christian monk mm-hmm. of some kind, he no, he he was kind of like Snorri Sturluson. He noticed that the pagans were having Mother's Night, Mother's Night on winter solstice. It was to honor the ancestors. That was in England. So, the, you know, it kind of you get that remnant of something very ancient and matriarchal, and. Um, the in the Norse tradition you have the Desir ancestors and 
um, in the book that Seawolf recommended, uh, Freya Aswin, Northern Mysteries and Magic, she suggests that they were real women ancestors at one time. Um, like Odin is sometimes considered that as a possibility, someone who really lived. Um, and um, so let me just pick out a few of these things. Um, there's a sense that I, I get that at one time there was, that women played a, a role as spiritual leaders. And um, there's, in Germany, there was, um, in England, you know, Anglo-Saxon England, there was called the Hagtessa. And this is from the book, in um, Freya's book. In olden days, a Hagtessa was often consulted on tribal issues of importance and arbitrated in disputes. And then she says the most famous of these early Germanic Cirruses is undoubtedly Valeda, whose name may very well have been a title with some semblance to the Norse word vulva. She's mentioned in Tacitus as having been actively involved with the Batavi rebellion. And she's the one that was considered so holy that she didn't have contact with the outside world. She had kind of intermediaries. Um that were female relatives and maybe they were being trained to take her role and um, and there's some Freya writes here that 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 she may have been um, taken off to Rome and you know you've heard of the Vestal Virgins and a lot of them would be not connected to men um, and um so the what made her holy is is her her power of intuition, um, her ability to vision for the tribe. And so in that way, they they would be protected from not just physical threats. And they give her the hearts of all the animals to kind of give her a big boost, like a ritual meal, and the game animals. <clears throat> And then she sits on a, bit, a high platform. So this is like, I guess, the local version of Voleda. And um, so this kind of thing is very fascinating to me because I think as women, we don't have these pathways within our tribe. And there's so many traps, like witch talk, uh, you know, witch talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, where a lot. You can become, if you don't know yourself very well, you're ungrounded, you can become um, a fan fantasist about your identity um, as someone who has very real intuitive gifts. Um, so, um, you know, the other night we watched Scrooged with Bill Murray, and uh, yeah. it's an oldie, it's it's kind of a goodie. Um and it dawned on me that you've got the ghost of Christmas past, present, future. And with the Norns, you've got one that rules the past, the Urge, she's the grandmother. The Vedandi is the second Norn who controls the present and schooled the young Norn of the future. 
And um, of course, that's Mother Maiden Crone also. Yep. And um, but what I found kind of cool is that um, the concept of time has been challenged. Like what we think their concept of time may have been that past and present being what is what is now the past our perception of the past can change i've definitely experienced that you can also draw gifts from the past and so you can draw gifts from your lineage um and they make you different in the present um the energy of the present changes and and maybe the energy of the past also changes um, the yeah. concept of the three norns is very old and dates from the matriarchal period um, corresponding female beings known as the fates are called clotho, lachesis and atropos in Greek mythology and then in Anglo-Saxon tradition they're known as the weird sisters and then um one thing that's also important for our discussion is the idea of the past, the er, the guardian of the well, the guardian of the past, the memory, the well of our origin and collective memory. And then there's Mimmer. Mimmer is mm-hmm. another figure with the well. And um, our well being something that we can draw on, but we're also very reactive we're reacting to a culture that's very artificial and is kind of imposed on us a lot of times um yeah yeah so we can we can shape the past and shape the future future is what is becoming it's our um there's a lot of action there if you think about it there's a lot of ability for us to um, be active within ourself and our future Definitely. yeah and then um, just the sense that we to be to trust what we um, our intuition and imaginative experience and uh, and also to be unique with it the thing about when I was coming up and learning about the goddess it was very universal mm-hmm. and I'm trying to really um, clear all that out and because you know for us to find our power it's got to be that unique soul or expression yeah the blood memory absolutely mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so that's that's from that book I just wanted to share a few tidbits if you do you have any thoughts on that yeah, it's super interesting. The, a couple of things I thought of when you were talking about the past, the present, and the future, and maiden mother and crone, I was thinking about the three phases of the moon, when the moon is um, waxing full and then waning. So I thought about that, how, of course, you know, a woman's cycle is you know, attuned to the moon and how we live in this society where it's just the sun is really the only important thing. You know, the moon is never really given that importance, unfortunately, and they're, they're both important. So I thought about that. And um, I thought how cool it was that these, um, when you talk about the vulva and Eric's saga, how they were offered the hearts of the animals, like that's a very intense part of the animal, of course, tied to emotions. And even for a woman, the heart is tied to the cervix and the pelvic area. So it's interesting that these ancient wizened ladies were given such such an intense part of, of the animal. 
And I was also thinking when you were talking about people becoming fantasists, and we see a lot of that these days, everything from probably Harry Potter to, to cosplay. I was thinking about what I know from um, hormonal studies and endocrinology, how when someone lives in that frequency of fantasy as a regular identity, it's a frequency of high estrogen. And I think we see that a lot with just the escapism of those types of things, but also with gaming and, and pornography and other deleterious habits. Yeah, and a lot of, you know, I think it's the generation that grew up with Harry Potter and yeah. everything that were, and also very internet-based. Definitely. And with, um, with Magic on the Land, really, I saw this video. There's a, a woman called Freya Norling. She's a calls herself a doing witchcraft, Nordic witchcraft. Her videos are really beautiful, and she does. It's not a term that I really um, gravitate to, which um, I never have. But I like her presentation. But she was addressing the witch talk phenomenon and saying the what's missing is the engagement with nature, and that mm. witchcraft is really listening to nature. It's being in nature. It's being part of it. You know the yeah. the communication with birds with and watching the sky and um, so it's very abstract. And I mm. think you know a lot of things can become abstract like that in our in our time our identity can become abstract you know if you're just yeah. an avatar if you're your idea yeah. your idea of who you are you know. yeah that's a big thing i think in the modern world because so much now is is online especially for the the younger ones who don't remember the days before the cell phone and everything so it's like how could you be a witch if you're just an online witch when you're not communing with nature yeah, and then the main, the thing we'll get in later, this idea of energy and a witch, and this is something that I think I, I'm saying I can do better with is, is protecting your energy, protecting mm. the energy, your electrical body too, the mm. thing that shows up on these cur the curly and photography and things like that, um, and the more you're online. Um, I would think that you would have a very <laughs> tight kind of energy body mm. um, and uh, yeah the other thing is merging with energies which which I haven't I don't have a theory about that but if you're the idea of getting into the hive mind and merging not knowing who you are but being part of this kind of pulsing current if you if you're someone who has all the has your phone with you all the time what kind of um, energy body and um, what's going on with your soul and your spirit is yeah it's a good question especially since the, the whole quote pandemic i think we've even had more of more of this because people feel so isolated that oftentimes you know they over utilize and i think i you know i think we're all guilty of this to an extent over utilizing the technology to find camaraderie, but then there comes a point when we become part of this overculture if we don't know, and then we just you know fall into like a frequency that could be very damaging. Exactly. Yeah, it's it is like um, catch twenty two a little bit. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, because a lot of us are isolated. Um, I don't really have anyone, yeah, that I'm totally in sync with locally. Yeah. That kind of thing. So I want to, um, one of the, the next book I want to share is the Oralinda, and I'm not going to um, read the whole thing because I think it's a, a wonderful thing to discover for yourself if you haven't read it. Um, there's a copy online that's like $5. Um, it's um, an older translation, and then um, someone named Jan Ott has done a newer translation. He's got a really beautiful book that you can order from where he lives, and he's actually a Frisian person. And um, so this is said to be, it's very old, compiled between 2194 and, and mm. B.C., B.C. Wow. and 803 A.D. And um, I've I've only read it through once. I've listened to the audiobook, but I just want to mention a few things that stood out that relate to our discussion today. Um, that the way they organize their society, basically what it is is a manuscript that was handed down. If if it is an authentic document and and that's still up for discussion it was handed down through all this time um, and in the old days they might have written their histories on the walls of what they called the citadel and mm. then they would be this one family came into possession of it the over de linden that lived in a place called over de linden and they gave it finally to um, i think their li- local, local library um and um, what's interesting about it is the way they're organized. Um, they have a Burgtmacht, which is like a, the, the head mother, the, um, called Eremodar. So, the, you know, the head mother, and then there were a lot of maidens that would be kind of in training, but they, they also, um, older women would go for training to be in this role. Um, and uh, the what the sense I get is that they the, the, they're called they call themselves the Fryans and they were very concerned with corruption and it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that there was a lot of all kinds of different kinds of corruption going on um, different tribes moving in the Magyars are actually mentioned not oh. a, not in a favorable light either, um, but um, it's interesting to think about the the Magyars coming, which became in depending on when they came. You know, some of them they split, and some of them went to Finland, and some of them were in Hungary. But mm-hmm. the Magyars came pretty far in, and then were kind of beat back by um, the Germans. Um, and um, so they basically they're trying to keep their values pure. They're mm-hmm. very orthodox. And like if you if you race mix, they say that's fine, but you and your partner need to go. Um, things like that. Um, they're very they're hardliners um, because they want to keep themselves their values intact. And there there's. Um, they're, one of their big symbols is the wheel, um, and um, and they this is they have a Yule fest like a 
Yo it does mean wheel in this Frisian. And um, Freya's Day, Midwinter, is Yule Feast. Um, this is from the introduction. Um, cakes are baked in the form of the sun's wheel because with the Yule Freya formed the letters when she wrote her text. So the, the language somehow comes out of the wheel. Mm. And um, Freya is honored. And Freya, by the way, the goddess Freya, honored as an inventor of writing and um, and in the text there's a little bit about bringing your daughters up as true Freya's daughters and here's something I'll read here that's very inspiring you must teach the children how great our country has been what great men our forefathers were how great we still are if we compare ourselves to others um, you must tell them of the sea heroes, of their mighty deeds and distant voyages. All these stories must be told by the fireside and in the field, wherever it may be, in times of joy or sorrow. And if you wish to impress it on the brains and hearts of your sons, you must let it flow through the lips of your wives and daughters. Um, every Berkmach had a folk's mother, um, had assistants and messengers. 21 maidens and seven apprentices. So you see how it was a structure. They had a king also who would be advised by the um, these high-level priestesses. Um, so I think what we see is uh, remnants of that, like in uh, what I was saying before. Um, the rights of the mothers and the kings, so they would be called the mothers like I was saying with the Swabian mothers before, um, mothers and the kings, they had to be high integrity. Um, and the rest, you know, there's a great kind of series by Asha Logos on them, um, on the Oralenda and how it relates to different migrations. It's really interesting because it includes um, India a little bit, um, migrations in, through the Hellenistic area. It's not that big, but for how big it is, it kind of um, covers so much. I mean, it includes Apollonia, Minerva, um, mm. all these different um, things from history. It mentions Britain, the Celts, um, and like I said, the Magyar, you may be particularly interested to hear, although the, the Magyar of Hungary are not this Magyar that are not said to be this Magyar that they're talking about. Mm. You know, the, um, yeah, so any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's really interesting. A lot of that stuff you just talked about was, was new to me when we were talking about the wheel. I was thinking about how sometimes wheels and, and the body are thought to be chakras and that whole connection, I think, with the Celtic chakras and the wheel. And then, of course, the whole Vedic system of the seven chakras. I was just thinking about making more parallels between all of these, you know, Indo-Aryan traditions and, and customs and things and how it all just, you know, kind of fits together like a puzzle piece. So that was great to hear. It really does. It's very co cohesive. It can give you totally. a cohesive picture yeah, um, especially because they were trying to stay uh, themselves and kind of 
had yes. this feel like they had this long lineage. Um, the there's also the wheel of the year, you know. So um, yeah, and those cross quarter points, and then um, yeah, the wheel, it, the language coming out of it is fascinating too. Yeah, it really is. It makes me think of also like the original calendars being more of a wheel than just a square and having more of that feminine feeling of a circle than a square. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot here. And it just, it's so crazy how far removed we are from now and how I think the closer we get into this ancestral material, the more we can really root into our identity as being modern humans, whether we like that term or not. Yeah, and I... Yeah, I love that idea of the past being here and present for us. And mm-hmm. for some reason, when I was reading some of the material this year, it it kind of, you know, when you're reading something, it's, it's kind of, oh, that's inspiring. But then you feel it more deeply. And I really felt uh, the connection that you might see with like Frau Holla, Frau Aholda, Perkta, Berkta, all these. And then kind of as also going back to this ancient Earth Mother um, who was very prominent. You can see still some of the artifacts called Nerthus. And they would carry around, pull, push a cart around. There was a 2,000-year-old cart that was found in Denmark that mm. had some of her um, uh, iconography on it, her face. Um, you can find those online, images of her. And that what it gets into too is that there the sacred marriage of a sky father and an earth mother mm-hmm. um, that um, the earth mother is ancient and um, they would go around and they it, it was so connected to the land and fertility of the land and the gifts of the earth and like Yule is such a time too of um kind of harvest like with harvesting yeah. what you've done for the year spiritually yeah. you know you have the physical one like in September and yeah then, with the food yeah yeah and then you have the one of of laying down your tools hopefully you know if you can during the holy days and taking time out and mm. um, the legends of with Frau Hola of her coming to see how your work was like at the at the as a spinner you know to check your work mm-hmm. and then even Santa you know how were you did you it's almost like a, a a reflection on the whole what did you do with your gifts what did you do with your um were you a good were you loving were you were you true that kind of thing yeah yeah, it's almost like a reflection on the last 12 months. It's like, who were you for the last 12 months? Like, did you work? Were you a good human? Did you help others? Were you kind to yourself? It's like a report card in, in a certain way, I guess. Yeah, and then you can, what I think is really special about this time is that you can lay it all down. You can, if you're tired from everything, you're, you know, trying the effort your soul at the soul level you can lay that down and have a reset i think that's why we have these the new year's resolution and all that yeah 
Definitely. Yeah. So the other um, book that I wanted to mention and lift out a few tidbits is Odin's Wife, which mm-hmm. which is an interesting book, and I haven't um, fully grasped, I think, all of it because it's very dense. And um, part of the theory is that 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 he wants to lay out. It's a male author, and it's a wonderful book. It's called Mother Earth in Germanic Mythology. And his um, premise is that Frau Hulla, Frau Hulda, Perkta, Berkta, um, all these do have, their lineage does go back into ancient times with the Earth, Mother Earth, the Mother of the Gods. Um, and uh, now, if you think about it, we really have, we still have a very, male-centered Norse scene, if you want to say it like that, like, you Mm -hmm. know, with the, you know, the sexy Vikings, and, you know, of course, the Viking show showed some priestesses, but still, they were transvestites, and um, um, the women were strong, but they were kind of very dikey, kind of, (laughs) some of them. And uh, so they, this idea of... um, Although Ragnar's second wife had some of that kind of feminine power going on. Um, what I'm trying to say is I think it's still a little bit hard, I think, for the modern mind to wrap your head around the female being as powerful, but in a different way, like powerful spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, the what's fascinating is this idea of these processions being very angry. You see them in the Tyrol with with the dressing up in furs and horns and um, and then there's the Krampus Lauf. Krampus is an interesting I think he's being co opted though, my my mm-hmm. sense by the uh, you know, quote Satanists. I think yeah. um, I I'd have to look into that a little more, but I just when you see who's making films about it and everything um they this wild primal energy Krampus just you know it's like crampon when you go up to the Mount Everest you have to wear these claw feet it's like a claw um so he's like a he's like a wild beast type animal but they're calling him kind of the devil and there's a lot of um romance with the dark these days so yeah. so he's like a character people like, which um, in balance is interesting, but, you know, it's another thing you have to be careful with, and I learned that the hard way. So, um, so the idea of going around um, the St. Lucia tradition of um, a young girl in white wearing a, a candle crown, um, Going, um, going around, um, yeah. In the Lucia tradition, men dressing up as old women and women dressing up as old men. Unknown. I won't. I won't try to say that. But they, the figures were white. Um, that one I talked about last time. A lively procession singing Yule Bok songs. That's in Scandinavia. So the, the idea of processions being ancient at this time of the year. 
Um, a lot of that, yeah. Yeah. And then ritual processions, there's evidence of it going back to the late Bronze Age and petroglyphs found all over Sweden and Denmark involving what appear to be horned, winged, and costumed figures playing instruments and carrying banners and circular symbols often identified as sun wheels. Yeah, and there's some pictures of those petroglyphs in here. The other idea I want to talk about is this time of the year as a time of renewal, soul renewal, renewal of souls, but also Mother Hola is connected with the souls of unborn children. Um, later, it was discussed in terms of children that hadn't been baptized. Mm. And um, she is kind of the earth mother goddess. So if you think about it in a deeper sense, a symbol of um, maybe projects that didn't get born or, um, you know, yeah. think regrets, um, but also you can be close to ancestors. Um, so the, the wild hunt where in some, the wild hunt, it seems to have many different um, depictions, but in, in some it's her carrying children. She has children with her. Um, some of them are, are dead children. Mm. Um, yeah. So Frau Holda is similar. And, uh, And then there's another incarnation where she's she's got lots of dogs with her. Um, this is a similar character called Frau Gauden. During you, my dog is snoring. <laughs> my gosh, can you hear that? <laughs> I uh, can't actually. <laughs> okay, I think he's having a nightmare. Okay, during Yule, the only time that men can perceive her, Frau Gauden directs her chase toward human habitations, and uh, this is where. Um, Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve, she goes through the village streets, and if she finds an open door, she sends in a dog mm. um, that can wreak havoc. Um, it's a little bit of a different kind of myth, but um, yeah, the idea of spirits afoot is very, we always associate Samhain with that. Um, yeah, we do. It's more now, though, really, when you think about it. It's more, yeah, exactly. I, that's yeah. what I feel. It's a dark time of year, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Samhain at the end of the summer, and still very hot here, um, it's very external, it's very social. I feel mm. like this time of year is very inward. The trees are going inward, everything is... It's insular, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is, this is more, just to wrap up this, this section, Babies are said to come from Frau Holda's well or pool, which indicates she's charged of newborn children as well as dead ones, and okay. suggests that this goddess is involved with the process of rebirth. Um, she's the one that's sometimes she appears beautiful and sometimes, um, you know, a kind of an ugly old woman with a long nose, big teeth, and bristling matted hair. I think it's the different seasons, too. It's that the young yeah the yeah. young is decaying um that's where 
yeah, if you're, you know, you have crazy hair like that, you can, they can say you've gone, gone Holda. Um, so, and that's, there's a, that's from a book called Norse Goddess Magic by Alice Carl's daughter. And, uh, yeah, so I, we can, we can take a little break here and I, just to say, wow, we've got a great, um, a lot to draw from and that's unique to our tribes of Europe um, and elsewhere, all the places we migrated around. Yeah, there's so much. I just wanted to say two more two more things on this topic. When you were talking about um, matriarchal lineage, lineages and even the word matrimonial, you had mentioned to me a while ago in an email that the etymology is from the old French matrimone or Latin matrimonium, which means marriage or wedlock. But it also means mater, means mother, and monium means obligation. So it's a mother obligation. It's basically a pact in regards to the goddess. You think oh, of it that way. Wow. And I also have heard, too, that the idea, you know, now it's a man gives a woman an engagement ring and they both wear a ring. Back in the day, the woman, the engagement ring, of course, is like a, a, new, a new thing. And now they're monopolizing on the idea of, you know, same-sex couples and transsexuals both getting like a ring. But back in the day, a woman would give the man the wedding ring and the ring represented like the yoni or the vulva going over the finger, which was the phallus. So it's the opposite oh. of what we hear today, yeah. where the ring is usually, you know, you see the ring on the woman's finger and you say, oh, she's, you know, she's somebody's, you know, woman. So it's it's very, it's just more of this inversion stuff. And also I wanted to mention you were talking about St. Lucia Day, which was just two days ago on the 13th, the Festival of Light. They make these lovely saffron buns that are shaped like an S, so they kind of have like a wheel or a spiral shape, which is a very feminine symbol. Unfortunately, it's been co-opted by pedophiles and all types of unsavories nowadays, but there's these amazing rolls that are made with saffron and cardamom and sour cream and raisins. So if anyone is fancying this, they could make them or possibly buy them somewhere. So it's always good to root in, I think, with food. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. And making little uh, wheels, maybe. Yeah, yeah, why not, right? Yeah. I mean, it's such a great way to just spend time and be creative, and then you get to eat the results, even if maybe they're not so great, you still get to eat it. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, my uh, my husband's going to make, I think, something with poppies. He ordered poppy seed, uh, something Hungarian. It's very Hungarian. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll take a little break, and I want to just say we're going to play. I'm going to play some music, and then um, there's going to be a recording. What it is is a nurse and an elder woman from Canada talking about their experience with taking the Oyed AI. Um, injection and so we'll be right back uh, with more in a few moments and it was almost like an eerie vibe like this it was like a cattle call experiment um, I, I don't know how else to, to call it except that it was very eerie so I, I felt the nerve I felt the needle I felt this inoculation I'll call it going into my right arm it was just the most unusual sensation within a few hours again at like 3 p.m. I was in bed by 6 p.m. I'm like no 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 at first I was like this is a healthy response my body is responding appropriately this is all good 
Uh, by 6 p.m., I had severe frontal and temple headache, body pain. My ears started ringing. The injection site was increasingly painful. So I'm like, okay, just calm down, push fluids, take a little Tylenol, Advil on hand. It was just this tremendous shock. So maybe an hour and a half later, there was this like something foreign taking over my entire body with this sense of like utter weakness, facial numbness. I couldn't move my arms and legs, chills, my upper lip swelling, my eye swelling this just this almost feeling like you're you're electrocuted right and so we got the the shot on april the 8th i think it was a pfizer and uh and then the trouble began okay what was the trouble well um he didn't have as much of a symptom as i did i in that probably the same afternoon i started to get so so dizzy and sickly Sickly feeling, but the dizziness and the and uh, which we say your your brain seems to get uh, into a another place, and um, and that was so discombobulating that I I fell and and broke my my hip uh, my my leg up up at the hip there. Oh. Uh, then of course I went to the hospital and and but by this time I had started being hallucinogenic I guess because I I couldn't get out of this um, terrible space that my brain was in that I was in in, in, a, in a bad uh, nightmare and um, visually I just kept seeing bad a bad black smoky thing and snakes and 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 it looks like devilly creatures they seem to me very evil there seemed to be an evil component because these little things that were coming in in my vision were um they looked like undersea creatures but they had a devilish look and also in in the mix there was many many snakes and and i got quite disgusted and feeling bad about that the other thing that was really awful was this, this terrible smell now this wasn't just like a visual image. I felt I was right in this cave or smoky place. The the smell was so awful, and I was really scared. Uh, I couldn't stop trembling and being scared. And um, my daughter, um, I had her on the on the phone because I wasn't feeling well, and she said I was stammering and I couldn't seem to speak. My my head was just completely in an upset state. So after uh, the doctor, of course, I had to go to the hospital with my broken hip leg, and and it was broken right up near the hip there. Anyway, uh, in the hospital, this continued on and on, and and it was a better part of a week, and I was still feeling trembling and scared, and I couldn't really talk, and, and I couldn't see well, but the main thing was this terrible psychological fear that I had. It was the nearest thing I ever came and I could ever imagine to becoming suicidal because it seemed like I think I couldn't get out of it. And 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 it uh, and it was just so awful that one one evening in the hospital one of the nurses she sat and, and prayed with me because I said I'm so scared I don't know how I can go on and and she was very good and um I was blessing her. It seemed a little bit of a help and then Gradually, after a couple more days, it, it, it wore off a little bit. But the memory of it just even makes me ba feel bad now because it was 
a, a terror, a terror moment, and uh, and and the feeling that you you just can't, you're just helpless. It was I don't know what what drug trips are like or like anything like that, but it was the worst sensation. But it was not just visual. The thing that was so physical with me too, and I can't ever forget the bad smell that went with it. And and, uh, and I don't remember sound so much, but just just the fact that my whole body seemed to be cooked. Well, welcome back, everybody, for part two of this Yule special, 12 Volvas Visioning. I have Molly joining me, and you just heard a little clip about uh, the vaccination frequencies, all of this kind of unusual stuff that's going on right now. So, Molly, would you like to share your thoughts uh, on this little video and how this relates to just everything going on in the world currently? Yeah, I wanted to say, and I know I'm not the only one that's picked up on this negative um, sense and a lot of us are not vaccinated but we're part of this you know web that you can pick up um, different um, things that are going on um, the vaccine of course is um, what I wanted to mention is is that they're not alone that in theirs there's thousands and that's just mm -hmm. people who have been that have reported their symptoms of hallucinations um, and what's curious is faces appearing like demons that they can experience them as demons uh, night terrors bugs on the skin um, feeling like you're not there um, seeing things and uh, I think we all remember when they um, there was a clinical trial participant who said they've killed God my soul is dead mm -hmm. um, I also saw something about it's known that um, from the clinical trials that it, it kind of gives you a, a lobotomy basically a little bit um, but it's what's I think important to that I find important to discuss, and which seems like I'd love to see more discussion just generally about it is, is um, you know, the human tragedy, the, even if we're not part of this, the um, sense of these people are just flailing around. You know, I know that it's been mentioned as a time of a soul harvest. Mm -hmm. um, there's the idea that if enough demons or negative energies are brought in that the messiah will come back for some you know um forces that may be behind some of this like the it i the other day i just got this this kind of dawning realization is this really the like end goal is to um you know be create vessels for entities like um yeah like a shell right? yeah uh-huh yeah. So, um, and it also changes people. There's people who were very good before. There was a case of um, a man in Canada who was the big, helped the homeless in his, his area. And he, it seems to turn people into zealots about the backs. Mm. Um, what's yeah. going on there, you know? Um, yeah. Um, it's, um, you know, the, 
when we talked earlier about these traditions of spiritual power, we're we don't have that, and and people are. I feel what comes to me is that just people are very lost. What what um, their prey their their prey for this thing that yeah. um, there's also a, a problem reaction solution going on because. Um, there's a lot of exorcisms, places being set up. There's one being set up in Manila, um, the Philippines, because they they say there's ten people coming in there a day saying that they are possessed. Um, that um, they're starting to do exorcisms, like Portland did one after um, some social unrest over there. But you know, you see on the other hand, the Pope really pushed this thing hard, still pushing it. Yeah. Um, that um, we, I showed you Mark Windows show where, which is really remarkable, where where um, Frank is someone who shows his his demon takes over. It's on Windows on the World. He's on Odyssey. I don't think it's on YouTube. It's um, just came out yesterday, I think, and. Um, that that he has to keep a constant vi- vigilance over his energies or this thing um, takes over. It's inhabiting his consciousness. He says it's from another dimension, but that's a different thing. It's a different thing. He got it. He says he got it from um, um, a combination of different um, plant medicines that he was taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the theme, I guess, that we want to uh, discuss is that that uh, there's a lot of vulnerability when your frequency's lowered, which can be lowered many different ways. Of course, if you take a vax that corrupts your blood, um, yeah. you're in big trouble. Big. Yeah, yeah, that's and number that, one, probably. <laughs> and a lot of what that electrocution and, and burning may be is metallics moving, being all in the body. Or whatever it is, like these little circuits or whatever. Um, I saw a video of a baby that um, is magnetic. Somebody put their phone up to it, and because the woman got a shot during pregnancy. Um, so the, these people are able to tell us what it felt like, mm. um, and I think that those of us that didn't take it you know you want to be aware of your surroundings people you move you know when you go to the store and um want to mention this article but before i do did you want to say anything about what i said so far you think like that yeah i think it's um it's definitely uh, spot on what you're saying and how we can see people with faltering frequencies in many regards not just people i think the prime example of course is all vaccination, but especially the OED AI vaccination, but how when people are in this kind of low state, they're malleable and they're sub- subjective to, you know, all of this type of stuff and they end up being very servile. And I think we also see somewhat of an authoritarian bent, like when talking about that um, homeless advocate becoming a vaccination hardliner. So we see this servitude, but we also see authoritarianism. It's like a slave that also is promoting authoritarianism. Yeah, like becoming a voice for this force. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
the um, article that I wanted to that kind of you know made me think. Wow, other people are thinking about this. Is um, the title is a little silly? It's Houston. We have a problem, but uh, it's it's from John Kristoff. He's a wellness. Oh, Jason Kristoff. Jason Kristoff. Thank you. A wellness uh, coach, mm-hmm. and um, he says something spiritual is happening. I think most people can agree on that. The growing evil, which he calls it evil, inside many humans today. Um, and I just want to say as an aside, I think suicide ideation is part of this. I think that's why we have a lot of suicides. Um, basically, it's a consciousness that's um, been co-opted, if you yes. say it like that. Yeah. Um, and his, he says, um, you know, most people have been conditioned not to think of the spirit world mm-hmm. and that not to realize evil is an electrical force on this planet that can affect, infect weaker humans. Mm. Uh, that idea that it moves through currents is interesting to me, especially with, with the hive mind. Um, yeah. And... I find this intriguing because he says that he's shocked by the weakness of many humans and them adopting pure evil practices into their daily routine, rituals, customs, and habits. I don't, he doesn't specify, but I, we can talk about that, what that might be. The mask or the distancing or more than that? I don't oh, know. okay. He may be thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the exact weaknesses that open our human electrical system up for possession by this evil force. The weakness is based on ill health through pollution. It could mean like the constant EMF pollution too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our immune systems are our entire bodies and our primary immunity is maintaining a higher vibration as this higher vibration is what allows our God or moral source spirit to take physical form inside our flesh-based vessels. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Makes good sense. Yeah, and I think we know this, but it's interesting to hear someone's unique language that they put to it Definitely. through their perception, especially someone who's a wellness coach. And, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And... What I think is people may not even... It's so insidious how it happens, too. And I've found that it's happened to me sometimes when I'm weakened. Um, mm. You know, and then your thoughts kind of get away with you. Um, so it's good to be very aware of not getting too run down. Um, yeah, calibrating that and taking a step back and maybe being okay with that because of the whole busy culture. That's kind of how I see it sometimes. Well, yeah, and this can be that inverted thing of, of Yule Christmas being when you're running around at the last minute. All the movies show parents uh, fighting yeah. over a toy at the last minute. Yeah. Um, something like yeah. that. Um, Definitely. That's like built in. So remember the Cabbage Patch craze like in 1984, 85, like all the mm-hmm. videos of parents going crazy at Toys R Us, like or the Tickle Me Elmo in the 90s, like yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he says that these spirits can only enter our body if our vibration drops below a certain, fr- certain frequency due to ill health. 
It was Nikola Tesla who said, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So your frequency matters. It's your spiritual immune system, which keeps your moral God spirit inside you and evil spirits outside of you. And it's based on the pitch of your frequency. The war we were in started many decades ago as a war on health because by polluting the entire world and the environment, certain people who, who know these secrets are aware that we can indeed be possessed by spirits equal to our lower vibration if we're unhealthy. Um, yeah, so he mentions different toxins that we're all exposed to, like, you know, some of us are exposed to, like, um, he mentions mercury, fillings, coffee, um, vaccines, vaccines, fluoride. fluoride. Yeah. Um, and, um, he, he put in this documentary with, and I started to watch it, but it has the, um, World War Two inversion in it, and wow. uh, so I stopped watching it pretty because I was realizing that that itself is a spell. Yes, absolutely. It's and so many people spell. are under it still. Yeah, it's a huge totally, spell. Totally humongous, humongous and spell. People who are very wise are under it. So what happens yes. when you're powerful spiritually, but you're under that spell? So that's why we have to be a very self-aware and always be humble about your knowledge because. Yeah. Yeah, and that you may be wrong about something and be willing to look at the evidence of something and change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Then he talks about processing human meat. One thing I've noticed lately is this sense of degrading the human body. Yes. And last night, um, my husband and I saw this video about human composting and the way they were talking about it was so casual and non-sacred. Really? They, what it is is they put, it's a Seattle entrepreneur woman who, they have a little thing where they put the body in a pod um, mm. with all this mulch and vegetable matter and then a month later, um, you're ready to be in someone's garden. Hmm. Um, but the idea of he puts a link to human meat, and I don't know if that's serious. Did you check out that um, website? Yeah, I saw one a while ago that I think was a spoof, like talking about this. It was actually talking about all these um, leather jackets and shoes made from human skin. I think it was like a vegan kind of like tongue in cheek website, mm -hmm. but this thing called the HMP, the human meat project, people for people, you would almost think this was satirical, but they talk about living donation, who can donate, becoming a quote meat donor, as opposed to an organ donor, talking about how one human body could feed up to 40 humans. Together, we could end world starvation, overpopulation, and of course, quote, climate change. So this is something I think that's an extension of Oyed AI culture, vaccination, transsexualism, veganism. That's kind of how I see it. There's also this sense of go on and help the environment and, kind yes. of, and let someone be useful. I mean, seriously, yeah. be useful. You're not really yeah. helping Do anyone. something useful. Yeah, yeah, like donate your body, um, be, you know, be composted to help the earth. 
you showed me that um, sterilization, women getting sterilized for climate change. Yeah, yeah. And making a uterus cake and a uterus pinata to celebrate being, quote, spayed, how she referred to it. Right. And then that's animalization. Even mm-hmm. though I have nothing, you know, against cats and dogs, of course, but um, yeah. bringing us um, to the level of, uh, well, it, it's more like if you're farming people, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's dehumanizing, I feel. Yeah, it's dehumanizing. Um, and then um, the idea, what kind of comes to mind is are they diseased bodies you know they talked about how you had to be in remission for a year before you could be donate um gosh um this also plays into the big push for suicide assistance oh definitely yeah like where in um in canada for some reason is coming up they have medical assistance in dying made as their acronym program um so and i saw this thing where this woman wanted one of those she's disabled she wanted one of those chairs that goes up the stairs you know you're sitting in it Uh and so she was trying to get the government to help her out with it and when she was talking uh to the paperwork people one of them said, "Well, have you have you have you thought about how hard this is? Have you considered, um, you know, it, you know, bringing your life to an end? I don't know how they said it. Um, so it's being offered as a po- a choice. And actually, they yeah. just passed something where it's extended to mental health. Mm. So you see how someone they're setting setting up to funnel people who." Yeah. you know, are, you know, maybe they're possessed, maybe they're depressed, uh, depressed yeah. and depression is another way to get, um, to have, you know, um, all kinds of, attract all kinds of negativity. Um, the autistic are turning psychotic, according, according to some people, to someone I heard um, discussing that on Mark's show. Um, and, um and then also there's the gaslighting, like with with the news and that can make you go crazy, like uh, oh yeah, or your diagnosis. A man was told he had male, male menopause after he he took the vaccine and he got transverse myelitis, which apparently is when your spinal nerve or part of it is is not recognized by your body and it may be that there's something foreign in there you know they've Mm. whatever they've injected in you is being rejected by the body as foreign um but they diagnosed them with male menopause i mean how how yeah right very weird why wouldn't they just call it andropause like why would they call it menopause for a man it's kind of bizarre isn't it they just that they it was a media headline so they wanted to make you you know help you know what it was sure yeah maybe that's a word more people know yeah Yeah. okay the other thing that um maybe you've already heard before because of how much you look into this stuff but someone pointed out and i don't even remember where that pride month has demon in it 
the word demon. Oh, really? Like in the middle. Oh, let's let me just write it out. Mm -hmm. Five months. Oh yeah. So if you go get rid of PRI, yeah, then you have Mm -hmm. DE, and then you have MON. Yeah. So yeah, there actually is. It is in there, and of course, that's another word that's been inverted. Of course, we see in this Jason Christoph article, he talks about demons from more of the you know, Extian type of like uh, Talmudic way, but the word demon, of course, comes from the word uh, Devi or Deva in the the Vedic, which means God or Goddess. So again, another 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 usurping and inversion right there. But of course, we all know in the kind of Christian culture what a demon means. So yeah, and um, you know, when I don't know how far you got with that um, interview, but the guy that has some kind of he's clearly got some kind of attachment mm-hmm. um they asked him i think jerry the psychologist he may be christian i'm not sure but he said something he asked if if he had seen a priest or mm-hmm. you know i think you know I, there may be powerful priests out there but i feel like that's another way that we are yeah um, totally at the mercy of um just my, more mind viruses and agree yeah and that um you know it's not it's not we need something more powerful what we discussed in the beginning what i envisioned you know when you have lots of uh just imagine like lots of powerful vulva type women in their power let's say who um you know could treat could could heal could um this is what I think is not there in our in our particular world. Yes. And really. yeah, yeah, and there um a lot you can kind of see how we've been we can get to this point. That doesn't mean that we can't um make it back, but it sure yeah, it can look kind of dark when you see what's happening to people insanity and all that and yeah so we can do you have any more thoughts on that or you want to move on to um, yeah I just wanted to say something about this this meat thing too and then something about uh, what you were just saying in that article but they have the, the chutzpah to say that human meat is cruelty and slaughter free on this website yeah. which is just mind soggling to me I mean yeah, and I saw that. I saw that. And how could that be? Because they're how could that be almost appealing to donators? It reminds yeah, they, me of the sarcopod. You know, the sarcopod. Yeah, the, the euthanasia, which is really even shouldn't call it euthanasia, because that essentially means happy death or, or good death. And, and they even have a donor list that you could separate by age, country, gender, you know, quote gender, sex, and race, telling you the diet of the person who donated like their rib or their brain. Yeah. That's so like curious this, to me. It, it almost seems it's so alien. It almost oh does feel like a, an, an archontic or some other entity that once um, would delight in seeing us eat each other just as a, yeah. Um, like as a humiliation yeah. ritual. And I, I noticed that all the donors, I don't even know if this is real or not, but it doesn't even matter because it's in the, you know, it's in the ethers and the frequency. All of the donors are either Asian or white. Yeah. 
Well, and and then, um, if if everybody, maybe some of pe- people have seen that um, this goes along with it that uh, Simon's ad. It's a retailer where all the assisted suicide people. Yeah. It's an advertisement for a department store, uh, but they're obviously se- selling in that um, the idea of going to a better place it's almost Lord of the Rings style where you know um, Galadriel and Gandalf and Frodo they're all going on a ship off to another dimension yeah and and it's all white people in that advertisement mm-hmm. which people have pointed out that you know when do you see all white people in an advertisement um, very rarely these days very rarely these days. And in one of those euthanasia videos, I think that you had sent me, or shouldn't even be using that word, um, one of those um, those death videos with the sarcopod, they showed a young white gal couldn't have been over seven or eight in pajamas, like in the sarcopod, so. Yeah, that kind of imagery um, yeah. is disturbing. Yeah, and of course the inventor of it is hiding behind, I think, being Swiss, but he's a Neuve. Yeah, and there are a few of of those types out there. Klaus Schwab is one of them too, pretending to be the evil German. Yeah. Is he confirmed? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he, even if he's yeah. half, you know, still. So, and he even has the evil German accent that, you know, yes. that's played up. Um, yeah. Yeah. When, when actually a lot, if you meet Germans in public, a lot of them speak very articulated German. Yeah, it's not as like uh, caricature as like it's, it appears to be. I mean, he could even be putting it on, you know, kind of like playing more of that, you know, kind of Nazi part, which I'm, I'm so tired of that. And like you said earlier, these people who are aware of a lot of the frequencies that were um, being influenced by are still falling for, you know, one of the greatest hoaxes of all time, unfortunately. Yeah, and I always have this urge to tell them, but then <laughs> I think, yeah, and I want to send a personal email and like yeah. tell them how much it changed my life and um but then i i don't uh, because yeah. i because it's kind of something you have to come to it's like a shock that you can't accept right away but it does surprise me when you hear certain people that you think may be um aware of it that aren't mm. and i and i can never kind of fully um go with their program after you know yeah yeah i know it's like it's mm-hmm. it's hard it's like one of those things where you know everything else looks good and then you see this stuff about you know how that was like you know a terrible thing and you know all the propaganda and everything and then you also will see stuff about you know quote anti-racism and like those are like foundational racial beliefs like seeing through those those hoaxes so it's it's hard to take the other things people say seriously which may well be true when you drive with when they can't see these things unfortunately yeah because it's such an edifice it's yes and it's used as the moral evil and good yeah and propaganda and uh, being able to see people even use it in the terms of awakening and seeing through propaganda They'll refer to if there's a, you know, this quote of it, there's a lie big enough, uh, you know, mm. you won't see it. And they always attribute that, that to Goebbels. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it is like a spell that can be very um, stultifying and it keeps people you know you can recognize it from your own programming from before it's like oh there's they're in that box yeah yeah they're still in that box and in a way it forms the basis of their Weltenschlag, like their their worldview it's it's less panoramic when they believe stuff like like that it's uh but then again it's so hard these days even to find you know a friend whether it's in person or in real life or even you know someone you maybe follow online who, whose words and wisdoms and personality you like it's really hard to find someone who you say oh wow you know this person really, really gets it. Like that seems to be very rare these days. Yeah, and there's something energetic about it too. Like the when when you open to it, things fall into place, and you uh, things become unlocked. And so, if you're connecting to people that um, you can pick that up, there's barriers there to how much you can connect. Um, like I've been trying to connect with people locally and got together with a friend and the the topic of the vaccine came up and she finally said that she even though she obviously had soul um, a soul reckoning over it and felt pressure and even said I'm not going to sell my soul to get this shot to go travel in the end she did get it and um, mm. and you know it's it really was a threshold and a turning point, uh, and it was uh, quite a psyop. Um, yeah. And now you see people um, using the edifice of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that's another weight. It's really like heaviness and distortion. Um, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, that's a really good way of describing it, heaviness and distortion. And I think of the hollow hopes when I hear heaviness and distortion, because even people who, let's say, didn't get the vaccination, maybe still believed in the idea of an invisible virus, a visible enemy wafting through the air. They still don't understand. And they're like, wait, there wasn't a pandemic. There wasn't there wasn't a, a, a mass holocaust, quote, holocaust of six million people. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, and they actually put those together. I saw this vice. Um, it was actually called the Burning Man for Anti-Vaxxers. Mm. And this woman with verbal fry went down to Anarchapulco. Mm-hmm. And she uh, kind of walked around. She was vaccinated. And she kind of walked around snarkily talking to people. And, um, <laughs> and one woman was saying, if you believe that you can heal from the vax it can go out of your body and she was trying to help her like she was kind of a healing mermaid or something so I think she was trying to make her look stupid and then they showed people it's actually kind of interesting because you see people who are creating communities of people who don't want to get vaccinated a lot of Canadians because they're like oh my gosh what's happening here Mm. And uh, they've created these echo communities in Mexico. And uh, there was one woman who mentioned the six million was, mm. a, was a lie. And, of course, that was jumped on as, look at her. She's just like all these anti-vaxxers, see? Mm. You know, so um, they've got something for everyone's level of awareness to, yes. to kind of lock you 
And that person's just a tool. She's just a, um, if she ever wakes up, she'll realize, she may realize that they were all, they all were true, truthful. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, would you like to move on then to our final um, discussion? And we've talked about the shadow side of what's happening. We've talked about the wisdom traditions. Mm-hmm. And um, the coming back to this being such a season of being able to connect to that deep well of memory. Yeah, there's just one more thing I wanted to mention mm-hmm. within the context of, of frequency and um, people possibly being preyed upon. Uh, in regard to that that video, um, that show from Mark W. Windows in the World, and that fellow Frank was dealing with this possession, there's a lot of talk nowadays, of course, with a lot of the plant medicines being a way to release trauma, you know, uh, heal depression, anxiety, all those types of things, overcome adverse experience. And some people are going, you know, to some places in South America. I mean, that already sounds like a risk to me to be going somewhere with a bunch of maybe white participants, but possibly these shamans are obviously not white. Maybe they're, you know, uh, mestizo. Some of them could even be oives, or maybe they're like kind of like the spiritual narcissist whites. But that already seems like a very weird thing to me. But when people are already in a, a low frequency, low mineral state, the effects of some of these plant medicines, of course, can be healing. Even stuff like, you know, cannabis, which is the psychedelic, of course, a very mild one, from things all the way up to ayahuasca, DMT. DMT is a synthetic like LSD, psilocybin. If people are in a state where they're not really regulated, these plant medicines can take them to even a, a lower state thereafter. So there's a lot of that going on, something to bear, very much be aware of. I'm leery of that organization called MAPS, which actually also is the same name of those people who call themselves minor attracted person, which is just a, a euphemism for pedophilia. The MAPS psychedelic organization is all run by oives. So the idea that psychedelics are for everyone at every time, I think is something that we should all kind of look at our, our individual type of situation to, to better access these as opposed to just thinking like it's a panacea we're going to do something and everything's going to be amazing. And yes, like they can be very healing. I've utilized these myself and I've, I've gotten some good results from them. And something else that I wanted to mention that ties, ties into all of this is that people also who are looking to do heavy metal detoxes, they're being marketed some products that can actually remove their minerals and also lodge the heavy metals in different parts of their body. Some of the more popular ones these days are things like uh, zeolite and also like, um, what else, cilantro, not just like, you know, cilantro on a salad or a soup or a stir fry, but this concentrated cilantro. And if you have metals in the system, which of course, I'm assuming that all of us do from vaccination, breathing, dental work, uh, polluted food, uh, tattoos, the list goes on, of course. There are some charlatans and hoaxers out there promoting these products as a way to remove the vaccines from your body. And one such hoaxer, I know not everyone agrees that he's a hoaxer, but I've been saying he's one from the get-go, is that Andrew Kaufman fellow, who's an oive, the one who made that Terrain film, which uh, interestingly enough is now all of a sudden available on Amazon Prime. Why would Amazon Prime put this for streaming and purchasing? And now all of a sudden he's selling these Forces to delete heavy metals as well as these really, really expensive supplements. Like one of these 
bottles of cilantro extract. It's like 1.58 ounces. It's a hundred dollars and that's the sale price. Yeah. Something's up with this. So I, I don't trust that character. There's something about his face that's very duping delight. I know some other people who have exposed vaccinations trust him, uh, like Amanda Vollmer, but I know she's not racially aware. So again, back to what we're mm-hmm. talking about with the hollow hoax and being racially aware, like if you really want to hone in on frequency and really seeing things for how they are, the racial awareness is a key aspect. Of course, plenty of people who are, quote, racially aware have their head in the sand, but it's something that we need on our evolutionary journey because there's a lot of people out there who are just promoting plant medicine, promoting all these detox products, and uh, it can be very dangerous. People can actually end up in a worse case. And what you were talking about prior, about people wanting to take their own life and kill themselves, sometimes people do these like very intense heavy metal detoxes, and they kind of move the metals in their body. They also feel that that they want to off themselves, and sometimes they do. So this is very serious stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you know, I have the mercury fillings still, and mm-hmm. uh, it is a goal of mine to get rid of them, but I also know very well that I need to do it in the right way with the right people, and exactly. um, to be very careful. Um, that um, is a really good point. I totally agree with you. I also think, I'm not, think, I'm not thinking of his name right now. There's a guy that's just always on the media I think he's also there to kind of say it's not all vaccines, it's mm. it's um, this one. Um, I'm very mm. wary of anyone who's an ex Pfizer person, or um, yeah. I think it's McCullough. I'm even wary of him. Um, okay. I got a little bit of I got a little bit scammed um, by the dead suddenly thing, dying suddenly. Oh, the Stu Peters, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that guy to me, when you know, just looking at his face, yeah, to me, he <laughs> is totally, just intuitively, this is when you need your intuition. Yes. Not just ladies, everybody. Yes. Um, he looks like just reading his energy, yeah. Um, and he's all over BitChute. Um, you know, his ads come up. He's totally funded. A lot of what was in there might have been good, but yeah, to have, there was discrediting information. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're up against, you know, they're going to be trying at every corner to discredit anyone um, and to confuse people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing. And this fellow also was behind that that whole snake venom thing from about yes. six to nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And then he was paired up with some doctor, I'm forgetting the guy's name, who was selling this like huge thing of these useless supplements, essentially just snake oil. There's a lot of tricksters out there. We really need to get um, good at recognizing. I'm looking at this guy's face. I wouldn't trust this guy with a quarter. Yeah, I think he's... And then there's that's when you have that low vibe that can come through vice. That's the other thing of like mm-hmm. so like compromising or corruption, which is another angle where I think entities move in. And mm-hmm. um, I was going to mention, um, you know, there's there's uh, people who work in law enforcement and, and things like that. Um, that say that women often will have, boom, a, a sense of someone, like a lot of crime victims will 
will uh, have a sense beforehand, like mm-hmm. it, that's warning them. This is the thing about women. Um, when we're in touch with it, it can save our lives. And um, but there's so much interference that they won't follow it. That that they might uh, give someone a ride, even though everything's telling them not to do it. The other thing is the vaccine. How many people, like my friend, obviously her, you know, her intuition was telling her, don't get it. The same with this nurse who got it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, we're, this thing of women's intuition is not just like love and light and um, something to build a coaching business around. It's, it's um, you know, to... Um, navigate in this world of where you know there can be dangers and that's why you know the like the tribe the guardian tribe the guardian of the tribe this is what we're kind of missing yes. as far as like the spiritual authority of women um other entities like you said with ayahuasca the deities or the negative entities of other other tribes or yeah um Religions, cultures, yeah. And they eat, you know, like their enemies to get the power from them sometimes. I'm not talking about the Peruvian shamans, but like certain cultures. um, Oh, in Africa, yeah. Yeah, getting the, like the, there's there's a lot of strangeness going on that can be resolved if we come back to um, our specific lineage and be very diligent mm-hmm. there's so much for us there's there's so much spiritual nourishment very nourishing for yeah. us but obviously we're pulled into to lots of different other quote indigenous um, <laughs> groups that you know have been held up as these spiritual authorities and um, yeah. part of it is our sources are we've got these Christian Christians to rely on or Tacitus and um, the rest is filling in the blanks and our intuition our imagination there's plenty of information there through story, through myth, lore Uh, it's just investing in it, you know, a lot of times we're pulled into um, very poor imitations synthetic, artificial imitations and what they've done with Christmas movies and all that as just horrifying um but yeah like to think about fortifying the root because when you look at a tree it's turning inward it's it's um it sometimes can appear dead we have these three trees in the front that that always are like my our guardians and they they do lose their leaves in fact they're losing the sweet gums are now losing their leaves and they're turning this, we get kind of a later fall because we're in a, a hot climate um, and they're beautiful. And um, so I'm going, you know, collecting some autumn leaves finally from that tree. Um, yes. But they, you know, it's a, it's a time for us to feel the essence. I think it's one of the, the when it's most powerful because the distractions are fewer, the nights are longer. Yeah. It's our time to, tune in to what we've been talking about the powerful aspect of our lineage the spiritual power 
through wholesome having wholesome habits um, and do you want to talk a little bit about the baking and the cooking and as sacred rituals oh yeah I first just wanted to read this little meme that you had sent to me yeah. some time ago about about soup and just the ritual of food here's this little meme soup is witchcraft we put plants and spices and dead animals into a cauldron and follow instructions from a book written by old people and soup to me seems like the most alchemical of all the recipes because it's like every time it can kind of be different like a grateful dead song like you just you put in a little bit of onion maybe this time you had a leek maybe this time you had a carrot a little bit of celery what meat do you have lazing around the house so i think if we approach food like that as opposed to sometimes being so to a T with a recipe, which I think sometimes is definitely necessary with things like baking where the precision will, will yield success. But cooking is really a meditation. You know, you go in there and you you do your little, you know, for lack of a better word, witchcraft, you know, or just your, your Aryan craft, if you want to call it that. I feel like that witch word has kind of been uh, abused, even though it is, of course, our word. But yeah, baking and cooking, creating the great smells, eating wholesome food, because even in this day and age where we have more diets, more, you know, ideas of what we're supposed to be eating. There's less healthy places to eat out of the house now than there was in the 80s and the 90s, at least. At least that's how I kind of see it. So I think we can really root in, fortify the winter root, kind of do what the trees do, return inward and just simply be, enjoy the long, dark nights, enjoy the the festive essence of the lights and also just cook, you know, cook the food of your ancestors, invite other people over, enjoy it, you know, with your spouse or your children, your parents. It's, this is really what, where the magic is. And one of the best ways I think to root into our, our racial roots is, is to make the food of our ancestors. Like that's a living memory through them. And of course our blood is living memory too, but we make the recipes that our family made. That's a way to kind of hold our traditions and also feel connected to them. Yeah, and it really is um, kind of a touchstone for a lot of families. Like, there's this dish. I'm not that crazy about it, but it's, uh, what is it, sweet potato and uh, casserole that's made at Christmas. And mm -hmm. and my brother-in-law loves loves it when they're, the way his mother makes it with, with uh, like, this layer of marshmallows. And um, my mom makes it a little different, but he he, even though he's, you know... Um, got grown children and all that he loves he it's not Christmas unless he his mother makes that you know? <laughs> and uh, so the mother becomes kind of central in a way with instead of rushing around and everyone eating here there if you're lucky everyone will sit down together mm -hmm. and um, there's something very timeless about it you're sitting with everyone who is coming from a totally different mindset too and trying to find common ground mm. um, in that moment where you're eating and you're exchanging gifts you know you kind of elevate to and I've got people in my family who've had the vaccine and all that that you um, that are deep in the narrative and but you you're trying to reach for something higher and um, yes you know, the higher thing is that you're connected beyond all this. You're connected spiritually still, even though they've had the vaccine. You're still, they're still your family. Um, it doesn't mean you, you know, you have to be connected energetically. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then just the the sense of wonder that can um, hit you when you there's something really magical, especially Christmas Eve. You know, mm. the cultural. I've heard you talk about the cultural Christmas. Yeah, I do. I love it. I love I love uh, the colors, and it really is all our tradition, except for yeah. if you go to communion Christmas Eve or you know. Christmas Day talk about the reason for this season mm-hmm. um, yeah it's kind of a losing battle even in the south it's like people yeah. put out that sign don't forget the reason for the season um, but the yeah. merry the merrymaking uh, eclipses kind of that somber attitude and you could say it's an inversion because the birth is in the spring you know yeah you know it is yeah yeah that's definitely a good thing. And also, I just think of the inversion, I mean, not just from that aspect, but also the idea that like the mother's night and this is like a yin time of year. So it's feminine. It's the, the, anything Easter or star is the masculine time of year. And I think it's a time of gestation. Like if you think about definitely, yeah, the womb, the power of the womb. Um, so, yeah, it's going against the current but then again, there's such a strong natural current that it kind of is the dominant one anyway, to me. Um, unless yeah. you're really in that intensity of the marketplace and all that. The other thing is that commerce kind of seems to do- end on one day. and you can A little go, bit, yeah. Yeah, and you can kind of feel the shift. I can feel the shift. Um, yeah, like the, the the quietness. I mean, it's we even have like the craziness of you know quote Black Friday, which is a new thing in the last what twenty years. But then mm-hmm. we have that day of like just nothing. So, well, and Freya, I want to just say Freya the Friday is a, the yeah. day of Freya, sacred to Freya, and there may be some black magic in associating her name with Black Friday. Oh. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, we are dealing with uh, the the merchants, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I mean it is Friday, but um, it, it to me too, it's a good. I've thought about Friday as as um, a day to do ritual or to set intentions. Yeah, uh, Friday is the goddess of fertility. And if you read the Oralinda, you know, she's the progenitor, um, even though there's a, a creator called Ralda with a W. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, it's something to aspire to with, with what they put forward. Um, so taking back that, um, Black Friday, call it White Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I've uh, pretty much said what I wanted to say. I think the detached wonder is a good way to kind of approach a lot of what we're looking at as far as people freaking out, insanity, mm-hmm. um, but tuning into intuition, you know, to sense sense things, some of the things we talked about. Um, anything else you want to add? You want to? 
Yeah, I just wanted to say about all this about, you know, Black Friday and all this, you know, black stuff growing in our face, like that picture you sent me of the black Santa with uh, the two white youngsters on the lap and one of them just, you know, making that very like kind of sad face with the mouth open. It makes me think of just this time of year. Not only is it an Aryan tradition, you know, uh, Yule and, and Christmas essentially, but everything is white. We have, you know, snow, like we have snowmen, like this is a very pure white time of year, not just from a racial sense, but from like, I guess a frequency sense. And then think of the chakras, you know, Roy G. Biv and all those colors essentially becoming white. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And white actually is, you know, you've got the, the green of Christmas, red and green, um, but white and silver, um, I saw a beautiful image of a doe, um, the deer, the reindeer, um, and then, you know, I heard something interesting about the reindeer, just to mention that they love to eat this fly agaric, um, mm-hmm. Amanita muscaria mushroom, uh-huh. and and that they eat it so much they get addicted to it, and if you eat their flesh, um, you can it can be into- it can be it can be a plant medicine for you. Oh, um, that's very interesting. And that some people will drink their urine um, because it's it's more diluted instead of um, direct, eating it directly um, because the urine gets rid of some of the toxins that may mm-hmm. be, because it is a noxious. Um, you have to be careful with it, I guess. Interesting. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I like what you said. Yeah, the white. So and and doesn't that bring it to conclusion? Like, um, I I like to watch a lot of near death experience videos because they do say that they go into a white light. Their their identity doesn't matter as much to them anymore because they sense that they are this. Um, they're bigger and connected to this light. And um, it's it's some I, I like them because it's very inspiring. Even though they may have a different, they may see different visions. It usually has to do with some kind of uh, radiating energy. And there there's, it seems like we can be more in touch with that because well, one thing the sky, the stars are a lot clearer in the. Um, in the winter too, definitely. You know, yeah. so it's like it's like symbolic of seeing it, looking up and seeing it, and then being kind of shocked out of the everyday into uh, moments of seeing something timeless in ourselves and the sky. Yeah, a slowing down and maybe like feeling more connected because in the summer, you know, there's so many things going on in the summer. There's all this extra time with the light, but in the winter, it's almost like it forces you to meditate. It forces you to pause. Yeah. And it's very purifying, especially if you're lucky enough to have a, a snow. I was yeah. thinking about these frost giants cause I can't really, you know, I can see it, how it could be a force. Um, and uh, kind of shock you into the moment. And there's a life and death aspect to that too, because the winter can be 
so deadly. Um, yeah. But we, I didn't grow up with any kind of because uh, we didn't have much snow. But but that's what's unique about each different. It's in my lineage, but each different place, like the land I'm in, has its own kind of forces that mm. um, are moving, and and we can, you know, we we can really tune into that for power too, like in the here and now. But also we have our ancestral forces. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this also brings back the idea of like all the weather weather modification and the whole climate change hoaxing and how they really desire to try to control something that has this wonder, that has this novelty because they don't like things that aren't predictable. Yeah, and even the clouds like the we the there's images of Frigg, the goddess um, weaving with the clouds, and yeah, the cloud seeding and all that. They've taken it to that degree mm-hmm. of manipulating Mother Earth. So Mother Earth, the power that can move through women, you know, is it's a you know, it needs to be kind of brought out um, in a big way. Yeah, it definitely does, and. I think it's happening, you know, a little bit here and there. I think, and unfortunately, some of our people still have a bit of resistance to this because it it is so different than what we've all been inculcated and grew up to believe. But I do see interest from people to really go back to these old ways as opposed to just embracing some type of lukewarm, you know, pagan patriarchy, which is pretty much nonsense. Well, and it doesn't have to be um, a threat because there's still, there can still be a king. You, know, you still need um, the masculine for defense of the home and defense of the nation mm-hmm. and and spiritual there's a spiritual wisdom in men too it's just mm-hmm. a, a different kind of spiritual wisdom yeah. yeah the balance is what we really need as opposed to the divisive polarity and the inversion that we see today in the current society Exactly. Well, thank you for letting me uh, share what I found out this year. And uh, happy Merry Christmas, of course. Merry Christmas. (laughs) I still say Merry Christmas. I do too. (laughs) Happy Yule to everyone out there. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Yule to you and happy Yule to everyone listening. Merry Christmas to you and everyone listening. Thank you for coming on and um, supplying the information for this this show wonderful wonderful show and uh, anything else you want to say before I close it out no just you know we're in touch and where this is all leading I'm, it inspires me and I just want to keep going deeper with it and uh, and we'll see where it goes with collaborations and with sharing wisdom yeah. yeah, great, great last words, and I'm uh, wishing everyone a great day. You have uh, reached the end of the show, 12 Volvas Visioning on White Wellness Radio. I hope everyone's doing well in this big white world, the Satnam. <laughs>